Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. However, whenever and wherever you are joining us, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on the Fantasy Impact Today Network of the DFS Dreamers. I am Wes Easley, your host. You can find me on Twitter, at Loafinit. And, of course, I have my buddy Pierre, at Peewee31P. You know, I put a capital P on that last time, Peewee, and I think I spelled out Peewee, and it's just the letter P and we after that, right? W-E-E-31. That's right. That's right. Letter P, then W-E-E-31. Now, all of the hosts here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network are over on the Fantasy Impact Today Twitter handle, F-I Today, with a little underscore, and you can find everybody there. Please follow all the different links that are on there of all the different hosts on every show that we have and every platform that we have, so you can always stay in tune with what's going on here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Now, Pierre, we hit on a couple of... uh, DFS items from last week when we talked about DraftKings. You know I me, mean, I have a terrible memory. So let me just grab a handful of candy corn and you give us a little breakdown of people that we may have hit or missed. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'd say the biggest one would have been Devontae Adams. Uh, he was a little high owned. He came in about 18%. Uh, but we had spoke about him kind of being priced right under Michael Thomas and right above the, the two Buccaneers and Godwin and Evans, and he went off for 156 yards, two touchdowns, uh, 44 uh, points on DraftKings. He's still Rodgers' big target, his main target, and that really showed there in Minnesota. Um, Another one was really Tom Brady. So the the Buccaneers didn't look great um, overall, but Brady had a a pretty good game when you look at the stats and when it comes to fantasy purposes. Uh, He had a sneak, quarterback sneak, so he rushed in for a touchdown, and he threw for two more. Um, got him right around 22 points, which was about three and a half times value. And that three and a half is really, you know, where you want to be three or above in value is where you want for the the price per dollar. Um, so he came in well. You yourself nailed Mr. Bisky. Um, he came in late and, and got there for you, as well as Anthony Miller, uh, who you paired up with him, uh, outperformed Allen Robinson. So a great call by you when it comes to that duo. Also, I believe Graham even got in the end zone for you. So good call on the Bears. Yeah, I placed in a couple of the contests that I entered, and I did pick everybody but Allen Robinson. I'm sure I missed on plenty of players. I was one of those Boston Scott truthers, I think, last week, and I was sipping that Kool-Aid, and that just kind of fumbled all around there. Uh, but I, I did. I think the biggest payoff was Josh Jacobs. I, I saw that coming a mile away, too. That was a uh, He was an Alabama guy, so maybe I was wearing my red sunglasses as well. Yeah, Jacobs had a really good day, and um, that Carolina run defense is probably going to be one we're going to want to target moving forward for sure. Uh, The the Eagles were tough. Um, Lane Johnson getting ruled out. Miles Sanders getting ruled out. A lot of people turned to Boston Scott, and the Eagles as a whole really didn't deliver. No, and I, I, you know, John Frisella and I have a podcast together, John Frisella's show here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. And he laughed. He giggled so hard at me when I said that the Eagles were only going to win, I think, four or five games. I can't remember. There's there's a thread somewhere out there with all my victories that I had for every team. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be eating a lot of crow on my giant prediction, I believe. But the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, I just can't see them winning a lot of games this year. Yeah, it's, it's going to depend. They they have to get healthy for one, and, and then I'll make a call. But as of right now, it's not looking good week one losing to that Washington football team. Well, we are here to discuss week two DFS on DraftKings, especially on DraftKings. And we got to always start with quarterbacks, I believe. And, of course, the two highest quarterbacks are Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson's at 8,200 and Patrick Mahomes is at 7,700. Are you looking to target either one of these guys this week? 
you can you can play them both really every week. If I had to pick one, I'd lean towards Lamar Jackson. Uh, the Chargers tend to play Mahomes pretty well. Um, you can't really cover him, but I can see Kansas City kind of leaning on the running game a little bit more. Uh, Hilaire looked pretty good that first game out. Uh, so I'd probably target Lamar Jackson. He's he's really the main source of touchdowns when it comes to the Ravens. Uh, big week one. And uh, he had a huge game against Houston in a blowout last year where he put up 33 uh, draft king points. So out of those two, I go with Lamar Jackson, especially for his rushing upside. Yeah, you can't miss on Lamar, I don't think. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to pay up that much money for him. The next tier I see, I think it starts with Aaron Rodgers at 6,900, and he's going to be facing off at home against Detroit. And I think that tier kind of ends with Russell Wilson, who's been cooking up a storm in Seattle, and he's at 6,500 this week. who, Who do you like out of that whole tier? So in that tier, there's really one game that I'm going to target in that tier, and that's going to be the Dallas and Falcons game. Uh, Matt Ryan at 6,600 and Dak Prescott at 68. I'm leaning Dak right now, um, being at home against that Falcons uh, defense. Uh, Like you just said, Russell Wilson was tearing up the league, and he tore them up uh, week one for, for four touchdowns, 34 DK points. So out of that tier, I'm looking at both Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan um, in that shootout that I expect in Dallas. I could see that completely. And, and, and this is going to be an interesting matchup too. If you think about Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, both from the university of Alabama, somewhat of, uh, coming back home to the sec, even for Dak Prescott this in this game. So I I think that they're going to have a lot of extra incentive coming back for this one. I don't, I don't want to count out Aaron Rodgers. I know he's at 6,900, but man, that Detroit, secondary is just so depleted and to be able to have a connection of Aaron Rodgers again and uh you know Devontae Adams maybe but either one of those other two wide receivers MVS or or Lazard yeah I don't I don't trust Scantling just yet um good week one uh, but he was really inconsistent last year I do like Lazard he's coming in at a a decent price and with Rodgers I think he's he's kind of got a fire lit under him obviously the Packers took Jordan Love uh, there in the first round, and uh, you can say he's he's played nice, but you, you know it probably rubbed him the wrong way. He's that kind of guy that takes things personally, uh, so I feel like he's going to have a, a pretty big season uh, after they took love and kind of show the, the NFL that he still got it. I think this is going to maybe be the last week we can get Aaron Rodgers at 6,900 if you're into, if you're interested in something like that. Uh, next tier starts with Deshaun Watson at 6,400, who I was terribly disappointed in in that first game. And just just that whole Houston offense in general. And, and it drops down to the Carson Wentz area at 6,000. Who do you like in that tier, Pierre? Yeah, I don't I don't really like this tier too much. I'm not a big fan of Watson. I, I think the the Ravens defense um is really, really good and they'll probably they'll probably blow them out, um, yeah. if we're being honest there. Uh Wentz may bounce back. Um it does help that he has Lane Johnson coming back, uh perhaps getting Miles Sanders back as well. Uh the the Rams secondary. Um they're good. They're really good, but I can I could see Philly bouncing back, but I'll probably avoid this price range for the for the most part. Um, and I'll probably start to target some right below that 6K range uh, once we get to that group. Yeah, they, I like Kyler Murray, though, at 6,100 against Washington. They Washington did play very well that first week. Defensively, I think they played really, really well, but it was against a depleted Philadelphia squad. And, and man, Kyler Murray, 
He's maybe a uh, could we could we say just a poor man's Lamar Jackson possibly this year? It, it's possible. I I think I missed the the Kyler train. I, I really avoided him uh, in like like a lot of the redraft leagues, and he he showed up against San Francisco. He uses legs a lot more than I thought, and uh, he definitely has a the weapon now with Hopkins, who had a big game with him. Uh, Kyler Murray's a good call. Um, when it comes to the against the Washington football team, he's one I definitely missed out on. But I myself, I'm probably going to pay up in that in that Matt Ryan Dak Prescott range. What about Cam Newton though? He's at 6,400. He's facing the Seattle uh, Seahawks, who got lit up by Matt Ryan last week. Uh, but Cam last week got a lot of his points on the ground. I think 15 rushes last week, which was a record for him. He's never rushed that many times in a game. I I, I don't know that he's going to be able to duplicate that against Seattle. I don't see him doing that against Seattle. Um, You kind of spoke to that when we, we brought up Sonny Michelle last week. You you backtracked and you said that Cam Newton's going to call his own number uh, down the red zone, and he definitely did that. Uh, New England's not really used to you know that style of offense coming off of Brady. Uh, I don't think he can really do much against Seattle, though. I don't like that matchup for him. I, I feel like Seattle probably is going to win that game pretty handedly. Uh, when you look at last week against the Falcons, most of uh, Matt Ryan's uh, damage was done through the air. I believe all three of his wideouts you know, had nine receptions when you look at Gage, Julio, and Calvin Ridley. So I, I don't see Cam being able to duplicate what he did in week one against the Dolphins when he goes to Seattle. And Cam, of course, played for Auburn, and then I'm an Alabama fan. Yeah, that one I, can't, I can't help but smile and enjoy, though, when Cam's doing good. It's kind of one of those things where I'm like, oh, I, I, I hate to see it. But at the same time, he just has so much fun playing, and I, I'm happy that he's happy. I am, too. I feel like he got a little bad exit when it came to Carolina. So I'm, I'm glad he's been able to bounce back at least for one week, and uh, I hope for his success for sure. Joseph Burrow. I'm I'm beginning to think that we're going to have to start using names like Joseph Burrow because he might end up being on a Mount Rushmore quarterbacks before it's all said and done in his career. He's at 5,900 this week on DraftKings playing Thursday night against the Cleveland Browns. And I think this tier, if we, if we could just say the rest of this tier all the way through, I, I, are there any of these cheaper options, value plays that you see that just jump out at you, Pierre? So I do like Burrow, but as you stated, he's on Thursday night, so he's mostly going to be on the showdown slate. Uh, the one that sticks out at 5,900 is Ryan Tannehill. Um, the Jacksonville, they hurt my coats last week. That that really pained me uh, to see us go in there and lose. But even looking at Phillip Rivers, he threw for uh, 360 yards against that Jacksonville defense. I believe Tannehill and the, the Titans are going to really handle them. I actually like him and Henry both a lot. I know when he stepped in uh, last year, he put up 33 fantasy points against this Jaguars uh, defense. I like Tannehill at 5,900 to, to, to play well. Um, I believe that game's in Tennessee, so it'll be the first home game, even without fans, just the familiarity of the stadium itself. I still like Trubisky. I know that was your guy last week um, against the Giants. I, I feel like he can do well. The question is going to be Allen Robinson. Uh, there's rumors that he he's requested a trade. Um, from Chicago due to them not really wanting to pay him that wide receiver money. I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but uh, that's a that's really a scenario to watch because um, I would like Trubisky if Robinson is a go um, at that 5,500 range. And then I like Kirk Cousins. The the coach secondary really, really hurt my feelings uh, come Sunday. You had a Gardner Minshew throw for 95% completions uh, when it came to that secondary for Indy. 
Uh, Cousins is coming in there. Uh, he's going to target Thielen. Uh, he's got Johnson and, and Justin Jefferson. So I could see him perhaps, you know, having a big game in Indy if the Colts don't shore up that defense as well. I like that Chicago-New York matchup. Uh, uh, both both of those quarterbacks are exciting. I, I'm trying to say that nicely. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Both both of those quarterbacks keep you on the edge of your seat if you're a fan of those teams. Uh, but I, I, you, you mentioned Allen Robinson. I'm going to go with this theory. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. And I do like Allen Robinson this week, along with Mitch Trubisky, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I may not go crazy on those two, but I do think Allen Robinson finds the end zone this week somehow, some way. So that's that's my thought on that one. I also well we got to wait save that for the wide receivers, my friend. You're you're getting me over to the wide receivers. I'm still talking about the quarterbacks, Pierre. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I mean, when you talk when you talk quarterbacks, you you, you naturally talk wide receivers because you you're wanting to look at who they're targeting, and that squeaky wheel could definitely be a thing. So we'll, we'll get there for sure. Philip Rivers though is the other one. Uh, that Minnesota secondary, I, I've been talking about that all off season. It was exploited last week with Devontae Adams and Philip Rivers is just going to have a field day there, just being able to pick peck that uh, defense apart. So I like Philip Rivers at that fifty nine hundred. I don't really see anybody here at the bottom stages that I'm just crazy over. I usually like to pick those really, really deep sleepers just so I could say I told you so, like I did with Trubisky last week. But I just don't see that this week. I agree. Jerbisky is probably the lowest I go. Um, the the only one that you may consider is going to be Tyrod Taylor, and that's only because the, the Chiefs are probably going to put up points, and if the Chargers are going to want to keep up with them, they're going to have to score. I probably won't play Taylor at all, but he's probably the cheapest I would go, and that's if you think they'll be able to kind of hang around in that game against Kansas City. Yeah, I, you said take Tyrod Taylor. That that does not exist in my vocabulary. If I were writing a dictionary, you would not be able to put that in there at all. Again, right. I'm not playing him, but if you if you need a cheap guy, that's the salary you have left. He's probably the the lowest I would consider, yeah. only because he'll have to keep up with the Chiefs. Well, let's jump over to the wide receiver. Says that's a natural correlation there to, uh, from the quarterbacks. And look at that top tier. Devontae Adams has shot all the way up $8,100 on DraftKings. Michael Thomas, who we're not sure is playing, is at 8000 And I think that tier kind of ends with the Chris Godwin so at 7000 Yeah, so Michael Thomas is going to be out for several weeks. Uh, that report came out tonight with a high ankle sprain. Uh, tough for those that, you know, took, but he's the first wide receiver off the board. So that's really going to hamper the Saints of Michael Thomas being out for several weeks. Uh, Devontae Adams, definitely, definitely. His price jumped up about $800. Um, as I kind of spoke with when we were talking about Rodgers, he's, he's going to be the one that he's targeting. Uh, 17 targets last week against Minnesota. That's going to continue in Detroit. I really like him. I, I like Julio, 7,400. I'm going to target that uh, Falcons and Cowboys game. Julio at 7,400 is going to be someone I like as well. Hey, that next tier, I'm going to say it starts with Calvin Ridley at 6,800, who had a great game. Atlanta's going to uh, – listen, listen, man. Matt Ryan is going to throw for thousands of yards, maybe 5,000 yards this this year. I mean, it's just going to go crazy. That's all they're going to do is throw, 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 throw. And so I think it starts there with Calvin Ridley at 6,800. And I believe that tier ends somewhere. It, I mean, it seems like there's so many wide receivers, but I'll say around that 6,000 price range with John Brown and DK Metcalf. Yeah, I love Ridley. Uh, I feel like he's another one that you can compare up with Matt Ryan. Really big game uh, last week against the Seahawks. 12 targets, 9 catches, 
uh, had two touchdowns himself. Uh, him and Julio both are, are going to be great there. So I really like him at that. If you want a little discount from Julio, about $600 cheaper. Uh, Juju, um, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, looked pretty good uh, for Frothelsberger back under the realm last night. Uh, he's at 6500 going up against the Broncos. I feel like, you know, Roethlisberger was a little, little, little worried coming out that first half or so. Uh, once he started to loosen up, he started hitting his receivers. I really like Juju in that price range at 6,500. Uh, we spoke to Allen Robinson. I know you like the, the squeaky wheel, which, which definitely could be a thing uh, against that giant secondary that, you know, that Juju just really tore up. I, I really like the aspects of Allen Robinson if they can kind of work out. And they may appease him, you know, through targets. If they can't give him that contract just yet, that may be the route they go is to definitely target him. Uh, you mentioned Mike Evans. Again, I'm just concerned with uh, the soft tissue of the hamstring. He only got four targets last week. Uh, if Aaron's going to target him, that'd be great. That's just a wait-and-see approach that I'm going to take. I know I mentioned the, the Dallas and Falcons game. Amari Cooper coming in at 6,300. Great person to pair up with Dak Prescott. He He's Led the team of targets in week one himself uh, when they were there at the Rams. He had 10 catches, 81 yards for 14 targets. Uh, they got weapons in Gallup and, and CeeDee Lamb, but, but clearly Cooper's still the guy there. And that's probably who I'm going to look at when it comes to that to that range we're speaking of there before you get down to 6K. Yeah, and I, I like what you're saying about Dallas and Atlanta. And if I need to squeeze in another player, maybe I maybe I really front load my roster. And I think I could look at anybody like a Michael Gallup, a C.D. Lamb, or even a Russell Gage to try just to put it in there, especially with Blake Jarwin being out for Dallas. That's just going to open up more opportunities for all three of those wide receivers. Absolutely. And, and Gallup and, and Lamb are coming in a lot cheaper. Uh, you got Gallup at 5,600. Lamb's down around 4,700. Uh, they're going to get some action. They're going to get targets themselves. I still think Cooper's going to be the, the main guy, but that's a game I just love in general. Um, I'm going to try to stack that game as much as possible. So you'll, you'll probably see Gallup and Lamb in some of my lineups as well. Yeah, I was glad to see A.J. Green uh, being effective on the field a little bit. Only 10 fantasy points last week in the DraftKings game. But still, he, he it could have been a little bit more if that last last pass interference call didn't go uh, against him. Yeah, he's he's going to be one to watch. I hope I just hope he can really stay healthy. Um, I've always enjoyed watching A.J. Green, and he just hasn't been able to stay on the field in recent years. But he's got Burrow. Um, he's got a good compliment in Tyler Boyd. They got Ross who can stretch the field. So I'm pulling for A.J. Uh, again, that's going to be a Thursday night game, so it could be a, a showdown with him and, and Odell Beckham Jr. We'll, we'll see how that plays out, but I am pulling for him. Uh, I probably won't play anybody from that Thursday night slate uh, myself. Uh, but I do hope he plays well. So at the next little tier here, Devontae Parker and Jarvis Landry kind of kick it off at 5,900 and 5,800. But I don't know that you can trust either one of those guys. Terry McLaurin is sa- sandwiched in between both of them at 5,900. And I think if we drop all the way down into the 5,000 price range, we're looking at a Darius Slayton who had just a huge game last week. Uh, but I don't know if he can replicate that against the Bears. If Slayton tends to show up in those primetime slates, I'm, I'm not sure what it is. Maybe he likes the, the spotlight, but he really tends to play well uh, when it comes to those primetime games. In that range, I, I really like T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he had two big drops in that, that fourth-quarter drive where the, the coach were trailing, and he really took it upon himself, uh, said that the game was basically cost by his two drops, and I expect him to, to really bounce back after that. He's a competitor. Uh, again, we mentioned the, the Vikings secondary. Um, earlier. 
I really feel like Rivers is going to target him. He's going to have a bounce back game. Uh, he's better in the dome. Um, I, I sp- spoke to that last week. So I expect T.Y. Hilton to have a big game at 5,700. Uh, we spoke to Gallup as well. He comes in around 5,600 in that Dallas and Falcons matchup. I don't like Crowder. Um, he's probably the main target there with the Jets, but I just don't think I'm playing any Jets for a long time. Uh, he's there at 54. Um, Alan Lazard. So he he's going to be the X factor, I feel like, all year for the Packers. I'm not a big fan of Scantling, as I mentioned, and you're, you're going to expect more coverage to really start to try to stop Devontae Adams. And I think Lazard's going to be the, the biggest beneficiary of that. Uh, he had four four catches, caught all his targets last week, 63 yards and a touchdown. Uh, his price went up um, about 400, but I still like Alan Lazard there in that 5,300 range. And then your guy, um, Anthony Miller, that came through for you uh, last week with the Bears, if they can't work out something with Allen Robinson or, or if he's, you know, pouting on the field and not really, you know, going full speed, Anthony Miller could definitely be the beneficiary of that. Yeah, I, I look, I, and this is just my gut feeling. I'd, I'd like to think that I'm plugged into the Chicago Bears organization a little bit. I just got my ear to the stone on that, uh, and I try to listen for that kind of news. Robinson is not a powder. Uh, he, he's, he's played with Blake Bortles for a portion of his career. You know, I mean, <laughs> the, the guy just, the guy just wants to play somewhere where he's going to get targeted, where he's going to get the the ball. And he doesn't have to make those cr- incredible catches that he makes, but they're going to look for him a lot. I don't, I, I don't know that Anthony Miller is going to find the end zone this week. I do think that it's always going to be a Jimmy Graham option, uh, there in Chicago, along with an Allen Robinson this week. I could be wrong. I love Robbie Anderson. He seemed to have a pretty good connection with Teddy Bridgewater. He, but, you know, Robbie's one of those guys, two or three times a year, he just shows out. And then the rest of the time of the year, you go, did he even play? Is he hurt? <laughs> he, he's definitely boomer bust uh, for sure. And he, he was like that with the Jets as well. You have games where he just explode and, and games where you wonder if he was on the field. And that's what I caution. So he just exploded <laughs> week one with 115 yards uh, with Bridgewater there at quarterback. Uh, Tampa's their secondary looked better. Um, they really kind of kept Mike Michael Thomas under control. Um, you saw Cook uh, get loose a little bit, and then they targeted uh, Alvin Kamara out of the backfield a lot. Uh, but their their secondary looked better, so I'm interested to see how they look week two. Um, I probably won't play Robbie Anderson, but he he is definitely a, a boomer bust and a guy that can win you a tournament if he has one of those big days. Yeah, you mentioned something about week two. And Pierre, I'm really curious about week two in the NFL this year. You know, the NFL teams had an opportunity to prepare a long time for week one. And they had those dates circled. They got to watch a lot of film. Now, all of a sudden, all this new film comes in of what teams are doing, new places, new faces in those new places. And so it'll be interesting to see the adjustments. I I believe, I believe, and I'm kind of looking for some of this stuff that the veterans are going to be able to adjust a lot quicker than the rookies in these situations. So maybe looking for those veterans might be a key to having DFS success. Sammy Watkins is one of those guys that had a lot of success. I can't see him doing that against the chargers in this bottom tier. Yeah, Sammy, he's, he's another one of those guys that just out of the blue, he'll he'll have a big game. Uh, He's the second white out there in Kansas city. He got nine targets, got in the end zone, seven catches, 82 yards. Um, he could be the, the, the target again. You got to expect Casey Hayward uh, for the Chargers to kind of shadow Tyreek Hill, uh, which could open up things for, for Sammy Watkins on the opposite side. 
I'm probably not going to go that route. Um, if I'm going to, to target uh, Kansas City, I feel like I'm going to do it with Kelsey um, or Lair once we get to the, the running back position. Probably won't play any Sammy Watkins. When you look down in that range, you mentioned uh, Russell Gage. 12 targets, you know, last week for the Falcons. That's that's a lot of targets for, for someone that really wasn't on many fantasy radars. Uh, he played as a, the third guy last year, but he wasn't getting targets like that. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, when it comes to the Falcons is, is Russell Gage and to see if maybe some of those targets start to go to Hayden Hurst as they get more comfortable. Um, but as of right now, 4,800 is a, a decent price range for him. I like the rookie, uh, Jerry Judy, a pretty good debut uh, last night with Tennessee, four catches, 56 yards. He got eight targets. Um, I like Drew Locke. I like his swag a lot. I'm worried about that Steelers defense, of course, because they, they got some dogs on that defensive side of the ball, but you just saw Slayton, you know, come up with two scores. So that could be uh, Jerry Judy when it comes to week two at 4,900. Um, when you look down a little bit further, actually, we talked about CeeDee Lamb at 4,700 in that matchup that we, we both seem to love right now. Uh, so I like Lamb at 4,700. And then Deontay Johnson, a really bad first half last night um, when it came to that Steelers game. But he really picked it up um, and kind of, you know, got the nerves out when it came to the second half. I really like his price at 4,500. He, he got the targets. I want to say he led the targets uh, when it came to the Steelers. Uh, he had 10 targets. Uh, even though Juju got the touchdowns, Johnson got the targets. So I really like his price at 4,500 against the Broncos. You know, I'm looking at Paris Campbell, too. He's 4,500 right now, and he really showed out. And once again, that's against that Minnesota defense. So as I try and think of these different stacks, we could find these cheaper plays. And I like Paris Campbell as well. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to always like Paris. He's a he's a part of my team there at Indy. It was good to see him stay healthy, you know, through the game. He got nine targets, six catches uh, right there with Hilton. I feel like they're going to feed Hilton a little more um, after his disappointing last draft uh, last drive um, against that that Jaguars defense. But Paris Campbell's his speed should show up in the in the Lucas Oil Stadium for the Colts. He's going to be, it seems like, the second guy. Zach Pascal didn't get many targets. And neither did Michael Pittman Jr. So I, I feel like Paris Campbell is going to be that number two receiver um, in Indianapolis. So his price at 4500 could definitely be a good thing. Yep, that means McCole Hardman will end up going off for about 50 fantasy points this week. <laughs> hey, let's go ahead and we'll save the uh, running backs for last. Let's jump over to tight ends. Well, well, maybe defense for last, but let's jump over to tight ends real quick because uh, that correlates right with all these passing games that we're talking about. And of course, you got Travis Kelsey. I don't, I don't know if George Kittle's going to play or not. Kelsey's priced at seven thousand, Kittle's at sixty-seven hundred. But I think the real stud out of all these guys is going to be Mark Andrews. He's at sixty-three hundred. Yeah, I love Andrews. Uh, I know him and him and Lamar Jackson are going to be pricey um, to pair together, but he tends to be the one you want to pair with Lamar Jackson. Uh, two scores, uh, week one against the Browns, uh, 22 fantasy points. His DraftKings price only went up $300. So he, he's still in a good price range. Had a pretty good game against the Texans last year. Uh, four catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, so I really like his price at $6,300. Um, I like Kelsey. You're going to want a part of the, the Chiefs offense, and I don't feel like I want to go Watkins. I, I probably won't play Tyreek Hill because of the Casey Hayward situation. So Travis Kelsey, uh, if you have the money, uh, definitely you know someone you can pay up for at that 7K range. Uh, stinks for George Kittle. I like Kittle a lot. I'm not sure if he's going to play. Uh, he, he is questionable, and I'm guessing it's leaning toward doubtful. Um, so I'm not sure if he'll be on the field. So both of those high guys, though, and, and Andrews and Kelsey are, are both in good spots. 
uh, that you can pay up for it if you have the salary. Ooh, you're listening to the DFS Dreamers here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, giving you a lot of good information. I love talking about this stuff with you, Pierre. We're doing this on a Tuesday night, so there's sometimes there's those inf- that information that comes across the waiver or through the uh, injury reports and all that afterwards. So please take everything that we say with a little grain of salt and make sure you stay up to date on those injury reports. But we also want to encourage you to find any of the podcasts here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network over on Anchor FM. You could also visit the website, fantasyimpacttoday.com. We want to encourage you to follow us on Twitter at FI Today with a little underscore. All the host names are on there. All the Twitter handles are on there. So make sure you follow all those guys as well. And you're listening to Wee 31 on Twitter. A P and then a we. With an extra E. I don't know how to say that really well, Pierre. Something's going to click with me one of these days, and it's going to go on there real easy, right off of my tongue. It's going to roll right off of my tongue. But you're listening to Pierre, Pee 31 on Twitter. And, of course, me, Wes Easley, at Loafing It. Now, now, Pierre, there's more people here. I don't know if anybody's going to pay up for Zach Ertz this week with the way that uh, Goddard played last week. I, I just can't see anybody paying that $5,600 price point. But it seems like that tier ends with Goddard, begins with Ertz. Who do you like in this little tier? It's, it's actually one of those situations where it may be smart to go back to Zach Ertz. He did get seven targets in that in that game against the Washington football team. He only caught three, but he did get in the end zone as well. Uh, many folks, you know, go with the recency bias. So a lot of folks are going to turn to Goddard because of the big game that he had um, in week one. Those salaries are now a lot closer. So in order to really take ownership into account, it, it may be better to, to now get off of Goddard for a week and go to a Zach Ertz, who's still going to be one of the, the main targets for Carson Wentz. Now they're only $600 apart. Uh, Ertz is probably a guy I would lean if I had to pay one of those this week. Watching that New Orleans Saints the offense just irritated the stew out of me. <laughs> I mean, Sean, Sean Payton, man, he just has so many weapons. At least he thinks he does. He walks into the football arena and he just starts calling all these crazy, wacky plays. And you could go back and watch the film and make sure I'm right or make sure I'm wrong. I, I, it's up to you. But I'm going to tell you, the way that the, the plays played out, First snap, Murray gets a handoff. Second snap, it was like a, a pass to Cook. Third snap, it was some uh, play to Smith or somebody. Uh, then when they come back out after they don't get a first down, then all of a sudden it was Tyson Hill. Kamara ends up getting one somewhere in there. Then it's off to Cook again. Just pound. This week they're going to pound the rock, especially without Michael Thomas there. I think their best passing option, though, is going to end up being Jared Cook, and he's at 5,300 this week. He, he absolutely could, and, and I agree. I, Sean Payton tends to get cute with that offense, uh, with all the, the weapons that he does have. But the, the main weapon, Michael Thomas, is going to be out, and Jarrett Cook's probably going to be Breeze's favorite target. Um, the, the, the Raiders are, are really interesting because they are terrible <laughs> against the run, and that kind of showed, obviously, McCaffrey's McCaffrey. But when you look at their just defensive rating, they're, they're near the bottom when it comes to – to running back. So it could definitely be another Kamara week. But I do feel like uh, Jarrett Cook's going to probably see additional targets, if that's even a thing. He got, he got seven uh, against Tampa, five catches, 80 yards. So he was definitely a machine. We're not really sure how comfortable Emmanuel Sanders is in that offense quite yet. So, so Jarrett Cook may be a guy that Breeze leans on. Uh, the bright side is that this is a Monday night game, so it won't be a part of the main slate. Uh, so you may not have to make that decision. 
That's true. Uh, the the next little tier starts with Austin Hooper, who now is the only tight end, I believe, in Cleveland that is uh, fantasy relevant. If you can consider anybody in Cleveland fantasy relevant outside of the running backs. And I'm going to say it ends with uh, Jacecki there in Miami at 4,000. Yeah, Jacecki didn't look great. I thought he may get you know more action this year and he wasn't too a part of that offense. I know it was against New England's defense. He was still a pretty good defense, even with all the ops out that they had. Uh, but he only got five targets, three for 30. Uh, not really something uh, that you really want to target too much, especially in a game against Buffalo, who has a good defense. I, I like Hayden Hurst again. Um, I know he kind of bit me a little bit when it came to last week. Uh, but he was on the field. You know, he was out there. He only got five targets. But I, I want to I feel that once they get really more familiar uh, with him in the offense, that he's going to become more of a weapon. Uh, the Cowboys do struggle against the, the tight ends. That's a game I'm targeting. Uh, I know he let me down at 4300 Somehow his price came up 300 uh, even with the mediocre game. But I really like Hayden Hurst still at the $4,600 range. The thing I noticed, and I'm, I'm here in Alabama, so I watched a lot of Atlanta Falcon games. They're on every Sunday here. And it, it took forever for Matt Ryan and Hooper to gel. I don't know if that was because Matt Ryan wasn't quite comfortable. You know, maybe just throwing the ball at Julio seems like the best option every single time. Uh, or if it was just some kind of a rapport between the two of them. But and when it clicked, it clicked. And I don't know when that's going to click with Hayden Hurst. It may already be ready. Maybe Matt Ryan's a mature enough quarterback to be able to handle that situation. But I'm just saying I, I'm not trusting Hayden Hurst yet. I, I like Jonu Smith this week. I think that he's at 4,200, and like you said, uh, Tannehill really lit up the Jags last season, and they're going to score some touchdowns this week at home in Tennessee. Yeah, I like John Uh He was a, a late-round uh, tight end that I targeted in a lot of drafts. He's at a good price, 4,200. Uh, came in with seven targets there last night against the Broncos, so he he definitely could, could be in the mix um, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, just to circle back for Hurst, um, the one thing I always try to – recommend to to any listeners is make sure you're you're out in front of that big game uh you don't want to wait until that big game happens and you kind of miss out uh so that's the one reason i keep targeting Hurst and i'm going to is i expect that hooper connection to come with matt ryan and so i want to be out in front of that before the the whole population gets out in front of that um other than johnny smith uh, jack doyle again coming down at the the 3600 range uh rivers missed him a couple times um in regards to I want to say there was one red zone target that he really should have had a touchdown. Uh, even during Rivers' post-game interview, uh, he spoke to the fact that he missed Doyle um, on, a, on a slot route, I believe, that likely would have scored um, and put them up big uh, early on, like 14 nothing. He only got four targets, but I expect that to climb um, against Minnesota. So I like him at the, the $3,600 range as well. Yeah, I really don't see any other tight ends down here lower than that price range that we're talking about in the 4,000s that I want to take a shot on. I don't think I like Logan Thomas now that everybody knows about him this this uh, this season. But uh, Chris Herndon may be one of the only options in New York that Sam Darnold can trust outside of Crowder, of course. Yeah, I'm not I'm not big on Herndon. Um, I like O.J. Howard, so um, I did speak to perhaps him and Gronk. Uh, when it came to the Saints, he's at 3,900, got six targets uh, last week, which is great, got in the end zone. Uh, he's still under 4K, so uh, if you might want a piece of that, that Buccaneers uh, passing game, I, I think O.J. Howard is a, a good target to go after. Um, Ian Thomas on the opposite side, 
Uh, not many targets, uh, but Carolina may have to pass the ball a little bit more. Um, he's an IU guy, uh, so I always try to give him a plug. But I like him at 3,200 if they do have to pass the ball and if they get behind um, in Tampa for, for Carolina. What do you do when it comes to defenses, Pierre? Because I never pay up for defenses. I always, if they're the last thing I choose, it, maybe not the exact last thing, but they're real close. <laughs> I think I save my flex for last, and I, I choose my defense before then. And I always just scroll to the bottom, and I try to find the best option out of those bottom ones for 2000 bucks or something. So it really depends on your lineup construction. So, so last week I played a lot of the Jets because they let me get in some higher-priced guys. They, they got me seven points at, at 2100 which is pretty good. That was 3.3 um, when it comes to value. But the data really shows that you you tend to want to target those 3K or above uh, when it comes to the defenses. Uh, those those groupings above 3K are, are kind of going to be the, the best odds to really get you that defensive touchdown that you really target uh, when it comes to defenses. It's tough this week. There's a, there's a lot of good defenses actually on the board. It's okay to punt, again, if you're, if you're doing it for lineup construction because all you need is a defensive touchdown. But I tend to try to target 3K or above when it comes to defenses because that's usually the, the best range to get your bang for your buck and get that defensive touchdown that you really want from your defense. Yeah, when I look at it, as I scroll through there real quick, I, I like the Giants at the 2400 price point against Chicago just because of the possibility of Trubisky turning it over at least one time. Yeah, the, the Giants could 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 be all right. They they started off pretty well against Roethlisberger last night. Then they they got a little sloppy. Um, so I'm not sure I'll go there. Um, I actually wouldn't mind the the Kansas City defense at, at 3400. Uh, you're going to want a part of that offense uh, usually, but if you can't get a part of that offense, if they're too expensive, um, a, a good correlation is to go with the defense and hope they can get a a defensive score. Uh, they had pretty good games against the the Chargers uh, last year, but that's when Rivers was there. Uh, as you stated, you're not a big fan of Tyrod, so if that's the case, mm-hmm. you definitely may want a part of that defense on the opposite side um, of Tyrod Taylor when it comes to the Chiefs. Um, the Titans, I thought they looked pretty good defensively against the Broncos. I don't expect Gardner Minshew to, to throw for you know, 95% completion again, uh, so I feel like that Frable defense could, could be one to pay up for um, at 3,500. The 49ers, 4K, it's a lot, but it is the Jets, and the, the Jets look terrible. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's on the IR for a few weeks now as well, uh, so it may be time to, to pay up for that 49ers defense, especially coming off the loss to the Cardinals and then the Steelers. Uh, that defense, I love that defense. That's probably my favorite defense this year. Uh, they're at, at 3,800, I believe. Uh, that's one you can also look at um, when it comes to, to paying up. That's a good call right there. I, I, I do see myself jumping up to that Kansas City <laughs> <laughs> defense. Thank you, Pierre. Thank you very much. That's why we're The running backs. I, I can't do it. I can't put CEH in the top tier yet. I'm going to let him be the top of the second tier at 7,400. I'm going to put my guy, Josh Jacobs, at the bottom of tier one at 7,500. And of course, every week, CMC is at the top for 10,000. Who do you like in that tier? I don't, I don't like CMC this week. I know that's tough to say because he's He's capable of still getting there, um, but Tampa's run defense is really good. Uh, Kamara got there mostly uh, through the air uh, when it came to last week and basically getting in the end zone. Uh, his worst two games 
uh, last year for, for Christian McCaffrey came against Tampa with a seven point game in, in week two. And then week six, he had 21, which you wouldn't think is too bad getting 21 points. But at, at that 10K salary, um, that's quite a bit. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is probably one you're going to want to pay up for. Uh, kind of a contrarian play. So if, if a lot of people are going to be stacking uh, the receivers with Dak Prescott, um, a, a way to be contrarian is to, to go ahead and pay up for Zeke at the running back spot instead. See if they grind it out. He got you know 22 carries against the Rams. He got four targets, uh, which is good for him. You know, trying to get some targets out of the backfield. Um, so I like uh, Ezekiel Elliott. We talked about Kamara a bit um, against that Raiders defense. That's Monday night, um, so I probably won't have him uh, when it comes to that Monday night slate. Uh, but my favorite back uh, this week's actually going to be Derrick Henry. Uh, that that Jaguars run defense. I don't think they're great. Uh, Henry 31 attempts. Uh, last night against the Broncos, big game against Jacksonville um, in week 12 uh, last last year when he got 32 points, 159 yards on just 19 carries. On just 19 carries, uh, my favorite my favorite running back this week is is Derrick Henry for 7900. I cannot tell you you're wrong. If you say Derrick Henry is your favorite, I cannot tell you you are wrong. All right, CEH starts off that second tier at 7400, and I'm going to say that second tier kind of ends around that Chris Carson area at 6400. Who who do you like in there, T. Pierre? Yeah, so CEH Hilaire had a he had a good week one. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what to expect, but he got 25 attempts. Uh, which is a lot when you think about that pass-heavy offense for for Kansas City. Not sure if that was just the game script or what, but he's definitely someone you can look at playing. Uh, Chargers again haven't been the, the best against against running backs. He's he's pricey. Seventy four hundred is going to be pricey, uh, but he's going to come in a hundred dollars cheaper than than Tyreek uh, when you when you look at them from a wide receiver standpoint. He's about four hundred more uh, than Kelsey, so he definitely could be in the mix. Uh, when it comes to that tier, Aaron Jones, I feel like he's he's due for a breakout. He he got in the end zone week one, uh, but it was mostly the Devontae Adams show. I feel like the Lions may try to to really limit Devontae Adams. I'm not sure if their their rookie uh, first round pick Jeffrey Kudo is going to be active or not. I know he did miss uh, week one for the Lions, uh, number three overall pick. If he's back, that can maybe you know give someone that they can throw at Devontae Adams a bit. And then I really like Aaron Jones there at the 7,100 price range. Uh, James Conner, very disappointing. Uh, I feel like he rode his ankle um, early on in that game. He was getting a lot of the, the touches um, early on before he got injured. Uh, so that's some injury news you want to watch. Austin Eckler, big letdown. I don't think many people took into consideration uh, Philip Rivers' absence when it came to Austin Eckler and how he really targets his running backs out of the backfield. Um, so I probably would just go with Aaron Jones and maybe some CEH when it comes to that range there. Both of the Thursday night backs are the start of the third tier with uh, Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon, 6,200 and 6,100 respectively. And I think at that tier, Pierre, if we jump all the way down to maybe even the uh, Mark Ingram uh, area where he's, got, where he's at 5,400, I don't know if I like anybody in here all that much other than maybe a Malcolm Brown at 5,700. So the one I like is is my hometown guy, and that is Jonathan Taylor. So Marlon Mack's been ruled out uh, for the season with her torn Achilles. Um, so it's time to unleash Jonathan Taylor uh, really big uh, when it comes to a lot of the, the fantasy guys and the dynasty leagues. He's coming in at 5,700. Uh, Frank Wright's come out and said he's going to be the starter. 
Uh, you'll see, you'll still see some Naeem Himes uh, when it comes to that Colts offense, but Jonathan Taylor is going to get his chance. Uh, big physical running back uh, with with really good speed out of Wisconsin. I'm excited to see what he does behind that Colts offensive line. I really like him this week at 5,700 coming in for Indy. Yeah, I could see that one. I'm I'm looking at Naheem Hines though, uh, there in that passing game. I don't I don't know why I do like Jonathan Taylor though to find the end zone. I, I agree with you on that one. So Mark Ingram, he was he was somewhat of a disappointment. He's 5400. He didn't he didn't score like I thought he would, and he was actually out touched that game in Baltimore for Baltimore. Yeah, I never I never seen to play much Ingram, and I, I didn't when he was in New Orleans splitting with with Kamara either. Uh, he's more of a just a goal line type for me. He can break it off every once in a while, but with J.K. Dobbins got a, got a lot more touches. For someone that they said was going to be fourth in the depth chart, <laughs> he sure got a lot of touches. So I'll probably stay away from Ingram because I think they're they're starting to roll towards that young guy. You can't trust that Baltimore backfield. You just I haven't been able to trust that Baltimore backfield for years. I just if I was going to take somebody, I'd take Gus Edwards. That's what I'd end up doing. <laughs> Good luck with that. Naheem Hines, 5,300. Now, I think that that is a great value in Minnesota. I could see Indiana. I, I, I'm not going to say I see that one as a shootout, but you just know that Phillip Rivers is is just pass happy. It just ends up, he just ends up passing the ball every single game. He is. He, he took a lot of blame for that, that Jacksonville game that I know he had two bad turnovers, but I'm not sure that was his fault. But with Hines, he's probably going to be their, their pass catching back. He had eight receptions, you know, week one, which is really good to see. Um, you do worry if if that's going to continue with Jonathan Taylor. I didn't I didn't feel like Marlon Mack, uh, even when he was at his best, was really a good pass catching back. Whereas I feel Jonathan Taylor can actually catch the ball. He had six catches himself. Um, so if he's actually given the reins, uh, we could see more of him and less of Hines. I know Hines will still get his touches, still be out on the field. But again, you got to be careful of, you know, not chasing, you know, what happened in week one. And I feel like that's going to be a chase uh, going back to Hines. Good point. Good point. Uh, James White, it's it's just the Cam Newton show in New England right now. And I, I, I don't know that you can pick any back in New England. You said you've never touched them. I think that is strong advice. But Ronald Jones at 5,200 against the Carolina defense that, like you said, man, just, just let Josh Jacobs go all over him. 5,200 seems like a great deal. I, I feel like I'm getting set up here. <laughs> I, I like Ronald Jones. Uh, he's one I had circled as well. Uh, my only concern is, so he was definitely the lead guy. He had 17 rushes. He had three targets. But at what point are you going to start seeing more Leonard Fournette? Uh, you have to feel like they didn't really bring him aboard to be a backup. I could be wrong. Uh, I feel like that week one was kind of more, you know, getting Fournette, you know, more familiar with the actual offense itself. Um, it may still be happening in week two. I really like Ronald Jones at 5,200. He he definitely could blow up. He's probably my favorite buck. Uh, my only concern, again, is Fournette is, is standing there in the shadows, and I, I have to feel that they're going to unleash him at some point uh, once he gets more familiar with that offense. Is there anybody else here in this little bottom part of the tier of the $5,000 range that you like? Because I'm looking at them and I'm thinking the same thing you're saying about everybody. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. <laughs> no, not really. The, I just mentioned Fournette. He, he's worth a shot at 4800 if you feel like he's going to be a bigger part of the offense. I just don't know if that's going to be the case. I, I can't touch any Miami guys whatsoever. I know Jordan Howard's down there. Uh, you got... Miles Gaskin, who came out of nowhere to beat them in touches, 
They had Howard and Brita and, and Miles Gaskin is the one that led them in touches. So I really don't like anyone other than old man Frank Gore. And the only reason I, I mention him is that he could be the the every down back. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's going on the IR for a couple weeks. I want to say Michael P. Ryan's already on the IR. So old man Gore uh, still the, the last man standing there in New York. And I wouldn't be shocked if a coach like Adam Gase actually feeds him the ball over and over and over again. So if you do need someone in that range, it's probably going to be old man Gore at 4,500. That's a good call. Uh, don't sleep on Josh Adams either in that jet offense at 4,400 uh, as well. He might be able to uh, contribute this week at least a little bit of something. Well, one other one to mention just real fast. So if James Conner um, is limited or ruled out, uh, Benny Snell looked really good last night as well. Uh, 19 attempts, 113 yards. If Connor's limited or ruled out, you'll you'll want to definitely turn to Benny Snell at only 4,500. And I can't believe that we're even going to say the name James Robinson because he wasn't. What he's an undrafted rookie, right? He was, and he 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 kind of abused the coach a little bit. Uh, 16 carry, 62 yards. I'm like, who is this guy? But I mean, he's the guy in Jacksonville until you know Armstead comes off. Uh, from, I believe, his COVID diagnosis, and they put Ozebo on the IR himself. So James Robinson is going to get an opportunity. Not sure I'm playing him against Tennessee, though. This is a situation that may or may not be developing in New Orleans from what I was watching last week. I didn't understand why Latavius Murray was getting so many handoffs, I, I, especially early in the game. I didn't understand. I was wondering, okay, is Kamar injured? Is this a case of Sean Payton being too cute like we talked about? Or is Latavius Murray going to end up being far more of a factor in New Orleans than we ever thought? That's the Sean Payton way. Um, He's always done that. Again, he did it with Mark Ingram uh, when he was there in New Orleans as well. Kamara had a really big year to start off. I can't remember if Ingram was suspended or if he was injured, but he missed early on. And Kamara really just took off. And as soon as Ingram came back, they really just split, you know, carries, whether it be 50-50, 60-40, uh, I want to say they're just trying to keep Kamara fresh, um, and that's just what Sean Payton does. So Murray's going to get touches. He's going to get his carries. Uh, that's the Sean Payton way. Uh, obviously, I still won't play him because he doesn't get enough for me to want to put him in a lineup, but he's right. definitely going to vulture some touchdowns every once in a while. All right, Pierre, last question for you. The, the Washington backfield. Peyton Barber's at 4,400 this week. Antonio Gibson's at 4,300. I don't think that they're going to be able to score enough to keep up with Arizona. So I, I, Dwayne Haskins, I, I believe, is going to be forced to throw the football. Do I do I take a flyer on Antonio Gibson, or should I just stay away from all this backfield? I'd probably stay away. Uh, I know I spoke about Gibson some last week. It's funny, I actually had a post uh, about a week week or two ago whenever Adrian Peterson was released. Everyone was talking about Antonio Gibson and Bryce Love. And I posted Woody from Toy Story coming out of the box saying week one, welcome, welcome to Peyton Barber week one. And it, it actually took place with his, his two touchdowns. So he's definitely there to vulture. I think if they do get behind, uh, Gibson's going to be the, the one they have to turn to as he's, he's more of the pass catcher uh, when it comes to that backfield. Um, I, I'm just going to avoid the Washington football team, though. I feel like Arizona is going to kind of get out in front of that game early, and they'll have to be scrambling. And I really don't like Haskins. He didn't look too well, um, even in the victory over the Eagles. 
Yeah, I can. I, I, yes, I will agree with you. He talked me out of it or into it. I don't know which one. Hey, <laughs> Pierre, give me give me a winning lineup though. Give me a winning lineup that I can plug into my DraftKings winning lineup machine. All right. Well, we're going to start at quarterback, and I'm going to go ahead and go with Dak Prescott. Um, again, I really love that game. I'm going to pair him up with Amari um, Cooper uh, coming in at 6,300. Uh, go to running backs here. Derrick Henry plugging him in at 7,900. I really like that price tag and that matchup for him. I'm then going to turn to my guy in Indianapolis. That's going to be Jonathan Taylor uh, coming in at 5,700. Uh, we spoke to the Chiefs. Uh, I want a part of the Chiefs. I don't believe I can pay up for their, their offensive skill players, so I'm going to the Chiefs defense at $3,400. That leaves me with about $4,900 to, to play with there. Uh, when it comes to receiver, since I have uh, Dak and Cooper, I want to run it back uh, with some Falcons. I'm going to do so with Calvin Ridley uh, coming in at 6,800. Um, that's going to leave me with 4,300 left. Tight ends a, a tough, tough position this week. I think I'm going to go back to the well with Hayden Hurst. As I state, I want to be in front of the crowd when he has that connection with Matt Ryan. I feel like it'll come soon and it could come against the, the Cowboys. So I'm going to go Hayden Hurst with, with 4,600. And at least 4,200, and you kind of got to be creative because there's not a lot of value um, when it comes to this slate. Um, there's a couple guys in the wide receiver range. If you want to stay with the Falcons, you can go Russell Gage at 4,800. Since I have Dak Prescott, I'm actually going to actually stack it, which to me is three. So I'm going to run it back with, with C.D. Lamb as well, and that leaves you 3,800 in your flex. Uh, there's a, a few. You got uh, Cifras uh, when it comes to the lines that you could pair up in, in the game against Green Bay. I don't like Perryman. You mentioned Hartman. Uh, he's also the punter kick returner for the Chiefs, so that could be a stack as well with Hartman if he can run one back. Um, I'm probably going to – that's tough. I'll probably go Jack Doyle uh, as a, a double tight end there just to, to get a part of that, that indie offense a little more as I feel like they're going to bounce back and put up some points against the Vikings. All right. Well, there you go. And I do want to say I saw Hayden Hurst getting targeted while running down the middle of the field a couple of different times and some long air yards on another pass player, too. They're trying to hit him in the seam. And, and man, he has some soft paws. I call them paws. I call, I call my hands paws whenever I'm working. And he has some soft paws to really be able to hold on to that ball. And I, I appreciate something like that, especially out of the tight end position. Absolutely. He, he's, he's due. He's, he's coming. I, I like him in Baltimore. Obviously, Andrews ended up being that guy there, but I feel like he's, he's just around the corner from having a big game uh, with the Falcons. Good call on that one. You've talked me into that. You've talked me out of the Washington football team's backfield. <laughs> Pierre, thank you so much for joining me again on this DFS Dreamer show that you and I are talking about DFS DraftKings football here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Pierre, where can everybody find you on Twitter? They can find me at P, letter P, uh, W-E-E-P-Wee 31, the number uh, on Twitter there. And always stay tuned to any injury updates. And if you have any questions, you can just contact Pierre over on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Loafinit, Wes Easley on Twitter. Fantasy Impact Today. At FI Today with a little underscore has all the different hosts that we have on this Fantasy Impact Today network on there. Follow every single one of them so you can stay tuned in to what we're doing here on the network. But more importantly than all those things, 
We want to encourage you to find a way to go out and make a positive impact in somebody's life today.